Good evening, everyone. My name is Adnan Shafi, and I'm going to be your host on Pariah Nation today. To we, today, we have a very special guest with us, Rifat Qureshi. Would you like to tell us a bit more about yourself and introduce yourself to the show? Hi, Adnan. Thank you for having me on. Uh, yes, I'm Rifat, and I work for Cardiff University, the enterprise team at Cardiff University. But I also have my own business, and I have a business called Modest Trends that sells the buyers and hijabs. Uh, for modest fashion for Muslim women predominantly although modest fashion is becoming quite a global um, thing now and I really just happy to be here really to, to hopefully inspire and give some pills of wisdom to some of your listeners yeah thank you so much for being here and uh, for those who don't know today's episode we're going to be focusing on two main bits so obviously Rifat is an entrepreneur and uh, she's had the privilege of going through the whole process and now she's opening up a new store. So congratulations Thank on you. that. Um, I'm supposing the sales were going through the roof and you needed a bigger store. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> but uh, we'll be focusing on the journey of entrepreneurship as one part and more on minorities in the entrepreneurial field, how you can be able to deal with certain skepticism, what happens when someone walks into your store and <clears throat> they have a subconscious bias to your product all of these different things we're going to be diving in. And our first question uh, is a bit more of a personal one on a personal level is, why did you choose to go into entrepreneurship? Okay, yeah, good. Thank you. Uh, the, the idea of going on entrepreneurship is something which I suppose I played with since I was a child. Uh, I did a TEDx talk uh, last year, and in that I did recount some of my sort of dreams and aspirations when I was a child. And when I was a child... I always said I want to be a shopkeeper. I just didn't know what type of shopkeeper. But then, you know, I went off and I studied and I did study business um, at university. And it was something that I really, really enjoyed and I was passionate about. But being an entrepreneur, I suppose, you know, it was there even from a very, very young age. Uh, I remember when we were kids, we, you know, me and my brothers, we we found some old cups and plates and saucers that were left over from a, a warehouse my brother my older brother took over and we went off and we sold those you know mm. we made some money from that and then we went out and we you know bought ourselves some nice things uh you know little things like electric hoover that was completely cordless that was a new thing at the time oh, wow. so <laughs> you know the, w things like that but we had it in us i suppose and that is again something which i was surrounded by from a young age my my dad um, went into business not out of choice but because he became unwell mm. and he used to drive and he wasn't able to drive anymore so they said that you know you, you're not gonna be able to get behind um, you know a vehicle so he went into entrepreneurship and I think for me I always had it there but I was afraid to get into it because I just felt that it was a no-go area you know you have to have a lot of money you have to have a lot of um, experience you have to really um, have all the support around you to be able to jump in and become an entrepreneur. But what I actually come to realize is that it's, it's, it's not any of that. Entrepreneurship itself is a journey mm. and that you just have to get started. You have to just jump in. And, you know, it wasn't until probably like a year later <laughs> that I actually started saying to people, yeah, I'm an entrepreneur, even though I, mm. you know, started my business uh, and the idea of the business uh, many years ago. But um, yeah, I think it's a journey and it's, it's something that I got into because I just felt that it was the, the right thing for me at the time. Um, it gives me 
uh, a little bit of a purpose and something to drive towards some passion it's it it, it makes a lot of sense to me uh, entrepreneurship mm. Yeah, and I found it very interesting when you talked about the cups and, you know, how it started all so small. And um, I think, let me perhaps just add to that. Um, I mean, I would classify myself as um, an aspiring entrepreneur. And um, I don't feel like school has really given us the opportunity to, to delve into that. I mean, because entrepreneurship is very much about you identifying the problem and fixing it. Whereas in school, they more or less give you, for example, the math problem, or they give you the questions. And... Mm -hmm. You, you have to answer them. And um, perhaps my next question is going to be is, as an entrepreneur, you have to kind of balance between, you know, making up the questions like, what's the problem that needs to be solved and yeah. also solving it. So what was that like? And how did that uh, translate into you starting your business? Yeah, I think one of the things I learned um, and one of the things I still learn is that we are ultimately entrepreneurs, ultimately problem solvers. That's what they are, you know, they see a problem regardless of what it is whether it's a, a personal one or a global one or a community one whatever it is there's there's a problem and what they're doing is just solving that problem so when i think about it in terms of you know um the businesses and what 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 comes out of all these businesses is just effectively problems that need to be solved and you know mm -hmm. even if you think about so people always try and find something brand new or something you know absolutely dif different to create and i've always said to him well you know it's very very rare to actually produce something completely new mm -hmm. unless you're in a laboratory making a brand new chemical or brand new material uh, that's never been so seen before or heard of before it's unlikely mm -hmm. that you'll be coming out with something new it's more <coughs> the uh, development on what, mm -hmm. what's already out there so you know i always refer to steve jobs people you know think of all these new things and ideas i want to be the first one to do but even steve mm -hmm. jobs really he just improved the phone the mobile phone was yeah. already in existence it's just he just improved it and he just wanted to have a very neat phone that didn't have the buttons that didn't have you know access to the you know people being able to access it mm. and that's pretty much what he did you know he just wanted it to be a nice neat tidy uh, device and everything else just developed from there so i definitely think classrooms in terms of uh, not teaching entrepreneurship it, it, it's mm. real yeah it's true they don't they don't treat, teach entrepreneurship but I do think now that skills that are related to entrepreneurship are becoming more and more prevalent. I think they need to really focus on those skills that you know help you to become an entrepreneur should you choose which to wish to. Um, I could give you an example. My children used to have homework years ago. You know, uh, my oldest one, she would be given set homework and she'd be told, right, off you go, go and do this homework. Mm -hmm. And that was fine. She used to apply herself and she used to complete the homework. With, with my son now um, and when he was coming through primary school they used to give him a choice of what homework he would complete and so in a way it was a, it was a little bit sort of like oh is he going to go and choose the easiest one to do mm. or is it going to be a case of okay he's going to need to problem solve with any of these given tasks he's going mm. to need to decide on which one to go for then he's going to need to go away and do this homework so I think it's starting to come through but it's definitely not something that's encouraged enough. It's definitely something which is, you know, something that needs to be looked at, I think, especially the way the economy and the world is going.
Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I think um, I've, I was very privileged in the fact that I, I went to a special institution by the name of the African Leadership Academy, and they have entrepreneurship and leadership merged into one class, and Amazing. it's a mandatory class where you learn it over the course of two years. So mm-hmm. I learned about special things like the SWOT analysis, for those who don't know that strength, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. You know, that's a core business principle that you're gonna have to learn if you're an entrepreneur, and how to do things such as a business model canvas and to assess the viability of your business, all these different things. And I think most of the, in quotes, developed nations were really successful on the back of business. Yeah. I think if you look at the States, you you have some of the very big names such as the Rockefellers yeah. or the Carnegie family. And you look at the fact that they, they simply just decided to solve a main problem, yeah. right? Or they decided that they wanted to add value to someone's life. And um, I guess as we translate onto the next question, um, I'd just like to ask, do you think that your business has added value to the community? And if so, in what ways and um, how do you assess your value as a business owner that you're adding to your community? Yeah, good question. Um, you know, added value really is is the main reason I feel that you should be in business. If you're not there to add value, mm. then I don't think it's going to work. And I can test to be a testament to that because when I first started this idea of modest trends, so just to give you a bit of a backstory, in 2012, I visited Morocco. Mm. And when I went to Morocco, I just fell in love with the, you know, the kaftans and the different styles that were out there. And, you know, I was like, wow, we need this stuff in the UK. We need, we need more of this in the UK. Mm. And I came back and I, I just felt, well, maybe the market's not ready. Maybe, you know, I, I, I couldn't imagine, I couldn't vision how those items would be sold here, mm. who would buy them, how would they buy them? all of these things which you know I had an idea but I didn't really know how it would work mm-hmm. fast forward to 2016 um, again I went on a visit to Dubai and while I was out there again I saw the uh, buyers the open style of buyers uh, there was becoming a massive trend but I just fell in love with them as well and I thought you know what why haven't we got these you know more in the UK why, why they, there must be a market for them surely and I bought a few and then I came back and then I started to sell them through the mosques. So when I opened my first store in 2016, because I did open um, a store in 2016, mm-hmm. I was very much in myself that I only want to sell the buyers. I will mm-hmm. only sell the buyers, I will only, I'll only sell scarves. And you know, if they want them, that's what they'll come for, mm-hmm. which was fine, which was great. But the community wanted more than that. And what I realized is that actually they didn't just want a buyers and scarves, they wanted other things as well. So mm-hmm. they wanted things like, you know, loose fitting trousers, they wanted skirt, long skirts, they wanted maxi dresses, they wanted to, those things as well because a buyers are great and they're fantastic, but not everybody will be shopping for a buyers mm-hmm. at any given time. So that for me was where I learned that, you know, it's not just about what I want to do, it's about what the community wants Once, and what the yeah. customer wants. Um, and so I took that on board and I listened and for the next, you know, between 2016 and 2019 to the point where I am now, I literally went to stores and markets and, mm-hmm. you know, um, fundraisers and I set up my stall. I had my bag with my uh, buyers and my scarves and every all the other bits and pieces mm-hmm. there. But really what I was trying to do was collect feedback. I wanted mm. to know what, what it was that they wanted, what it was that they were looking for and what were their pain points. And then when I identified those, I felt, yeah, 
now I'm ready to add value. And so, yeah, I definitely think that in terms of, you know, anything you're going to do, try and find out how and where it is that you'll add value. And I think for Cardiff especially, you know, they need a store like this because there's nothing, there's, there's hardly anything available. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And I think perhaps what you're, you're saying in, in short is that business is more or less a selfless process rather than a selfish process. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of young people have definitely kind of blurred the lines between that because, uh, and this is actually going to be our next question, is that a lot of people kind of get into business because they see, for example, there's a current trend in something called dropshipping where you... Mm-hmm. You sell a product to someone and then it's shipped by another company that originally had the product, right? So a lot of people come onto YouTube and like how to make a million dollars in five months and they show you their sales and they're they're really successful, right? But they don't know the actual, you know, nitty gritties. Like people don't actually see the struggle that goes behind business. And um, what would be your message to young entrepreneurs that are getting into business just for the money? Well, firstly, I will tell you that drop shipping uh, is not all that it's, you know, cracked up to be. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm talking from experience. So I launched a drop shipping store a couple of years back, uh-huh. um, which was just leggings, really. Cause okay. I, you know, it was like, okay. Because I always, I, I was on, you know, in my head, I was like, yeah, this is where I want to go. But I was trying to find, I was trying to find an alternative to a buyers and scarves because I, mm. I, I struggled with the concept of it that, you know, is this going to be, a, <clears throat> excuse me, a big enough market? And so I was like, is this really going to work? And, you know, I started this dropshipping store and I had nothing. Okay. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> this idea that you'll get loads and loads of sales and you'll get a million pounds like by the end of the week, it, it yeah, just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. <laughs> it doesn't happen. Okay. In order to make that million, you probably need to spend a good couple of thousand pounds on advertising mm. and sending traffic to your website. And that in itself is is quite a big cost. It's not something that you know you'll you'll make straight away. It takes a long time. Um, I put an element of dropshipping in my existing store. Shopify. Yeah, Shopify. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And again, I mean, maybe because at the time I was focused on the retail store and getting that up and running, that I did neglect it. But what I did find is that you don't necessarily have the same level of control. So with me, I like to check my products. I like them to be bought in. I like to mm. check the quality. I like to know what is going out to my customer. With drop shipping, you don't necessarily have that. Mm. And it can work on some items. And I think that you know a lot of people have made it successful. But you really got to be careful of your niche yeah. and be understanding of your niche and <coughs> understand whether it's going to work for them. But in terms of... Um, or everything I see really, even on Instagram and you see it on YouTube and you know, they're, they're rolling around on beds with you know dollars all over them mm. and there's like driving fast cars. <laughs> yeah. and, um, it, it, it's not true. And you know, even if it is, you're only seeing the end result. You're not seeing the all the hard work and the process that went mm. behind it. And you know, there, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes when you're an entrepreneur. Um, you don't see the sleepless nights you don't see the graph I've just come to you now from my store and I've been cleaning sawdust from a fitting room <laughs> that we fitted right but the, yeah. you you only see the glamorous side of it in terms mm. of me coming along I'm you know I, I, I've got this business and that's it but there's a lot more that goes on behind the scenes um, so yeah maybe the million pounds can be achievable it, you know definitely is 
in mm. this current time with the technology that we have but don't think it's going to happen overnight it's, yeah. it's, it's a long process it's hard work and it's commitment and it's resilience above yeah. anything yeah I think Gary Vaynerchuk for those who don't know a very esteemed entrepreneur both in Europe and uh, in the US he's he's shared his insights on this and he has he works by a certain principle where you have your head in the clouds like you're ambitious you're looking forward you have a 10-year goal or something and you have to have your your hands in the dirt so have your head in the clouds and your hands in the dirt mm -hmm. and most people don't really like to get their hands dirty because what people see is the the million dollars what people see is okay this person's chilling on the beach somewhere in Vanuatu or something yeah. some exotic destination yeah, pretty much. and um I was actually on TikTok the other day and watching one person say that one one of those people who had actually gotten the success of drop shipping, drop shipping, saying that it actually took him six years to get where he is. Yeah. And just thinking about six years, I was I was just starting high school. Yeah. And thinking about how long and consistent that actually was. Yeah. For for him to come and say that I'm able to make five thousand dollars this week, right? In sales, it's because he's actually put a lot of effort. And perhaps he's also learned many skills and tricks yeah. on that, like on the way there. Of course. And um, I think that that's what a lot of people miss out. And I'm actually curious about your process. Like, what was it like starting your first store? Or was yeah. it like, you know, the fitting rooms, everything? Yeah, well, I mean, what you just said there then is, is so real, right? You said six years he's got to this point, okay? Mm -hmm. And for me, if you think 2012 was when I had the concept, the idea, mm -hmm. and it's actually 2019 now. So yeah. it's seven years on for me to even get to a point where I've actually got a store, okay? Mm. Um, and an e-commerce store as well. So everything up until that point had to be learning and mistakes and you know correcting those mistakes. And again, just building my own base level skills, resilience on all these things in order to get started, you know? Um, mm. But yeah, you're right, I think what's, What's difficult at the moment, I think, is that you are right. The you know, and Gary. Uh, the reason why I love Gary Vaynerchuk and myself is because I think he he keeps it so real, and we're living at a time where everything's instant. Mm. You know, um, people don't know how and what it feels like to not be connected. Mm. They've always been connected. The majority of people. If you want to watch a film, you press a button and you watch it. That's Netflix. You want something to eat, you make a phone call or you go online and Uber Eats will deliver it to you. You want a taxi, you get Uber. So you're dealing with a, a you know, society and a community that know that everything is instant. So when you're starting off in business, you expect that to be instant as well. You expect mm. that you're going to open your store and tomorrow you're going to make a thousand pounds and then the next <laughs> day you're going to make two thousand and by the end of the week you're going to have like you know ten pounds. grand yeah a million pounds or like uh, ten <coughs> grand in the bank account mm -hmm. and that's not how it works okay it's it really doesn't um mm -hmm. unless you know you i don't know maybe if you if you're launching the apple phone okay <laughs> which again if you listen to the story and i always refer to steve jobs because i listen to him on audiobook i listen to the biography and i found it fascinating because there's a lot that went on 
you know, in terms of him being rejected by Apple mm. and then going back to Apple and then, you know, creating this uh, multi-billion, million-pound, you know, company and this product. Mm -hmm. But unless you're launching that, then, yeah, you're pretty much going to need to build it from the ground up. And yeah. And even, even, even Apple still, like, if you look at the first phone, um, like, Apple has sort of built a business model whereby you know that they're selling you something for a lot of money, but it's definitely adding value like people are willing to pay that much for the value that's adding to your life yeah of course like airpods are probably an interesting phenomenon because they they didn't even have to market it like people just knew that okay this is an apple product wow yeah. Yeah. it's it's cool like there's it's like the normal earphones but it doesn't have wires it sounds very stupid yeah right but that simple change and it became a meme on tiktok it became a meme on snapchat it's like oh look at my airpods yeah right and People, like being part of the Apple community has become so much bigger than just buying a product. It's you're being you're becoming part of a movement. Yeah, right? absolutely. And uh, a lot of people um, don't realize the value of building brand compared to just selling items, right? Yeah. Because that's not that's not brand. That's short term <laughs> gratification yeah. in the yeah. form of making a few pounds on the side. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the thing, you know, the, 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 in terms of, you know, the, the idea of this becoming, I don't know, millionaire, whatever it is, in, and there's nothing wrong with aspiring to that. I think that is in itself sometimes a difficult concept for some people to adopt. Mm. They're in, actually, in actual fact, that is what they want to pursue. I think, why not? You know, if that's what they want to pursue, fine. They, mm. You know, who are we to, to judge them any differently? But mm. it's wrong for anyone to think that they're going to wake up one morning and start something and the next day they're going to get the, the, the you know, that, that success. It just doesn't happen. And when it comes to building brands, yeah, absolutely. You know, mm. that is where, you know, if you are thinking about getting into entrepreneurship, that is what you need to do. Build either a brand of a product or service or build a brand around yourself. Mm. You know, uh, there's people that are brands in themselves. And I, you know, I'm sure that you can think about that with the celebrities. They are just yeah. anything that they touch, feel, talk about. It just goes viral. That, Indeed. Uh, that, Indeed. That is the brand that they are. Yeah, no, I must, I must agree with that. And um, this leading on, um, I think we're going to move away from brand. And perhaps this will be our last question on your journey as an entrepreneur. Um, I guess my question would be: Most people, I mean, there's a narrative going around that. For you to be an entrepreneur, you have to drop out of university, and um, the moment that you graduate high school, you know, uni is a waste of time. Um, what is your perception of that, and do you feel like it's entirely true, or is it true in some aspects? What's your take on it? So this is an interesting one, and the reason why it's interesting is because I have family who never went to university, mm -hmm. and they chose the route to become self-employed, and they became entrepreneurs. And that was a choice that they made. Mm -hmm. Now, when I spoke to them, and whenever I speak to them about thinking about, you know, becoming an entrepreneur, they were always like, well, you're so educated, you know, because I, I, I came to do my, um, I came to Cardiff University um, many, many years ago. I'm not gonna say when, okay, because uh, yeah. that will show my age. And um, I, I came to university and I got my degree and then I went back to do my PGC, I did my postgraduate certificate of education and then went on to become a lecturer for 10 years in business mm. studies for a local college. 
And every time I I played with the idea of becoming this entrepreneur, becoming self-employed, it was always sort of like, well, you know, you don't need to. You've mm. got a great job. You've got a great, mm. you know, you've got great ambition into career prospects. And why would you why would you want to do that? Um, now they, they the the family members that I've got who have always be you know become entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. they're just as intelligent as anybody who hasn't gone to university or hasn't got that you know education level that we automatically associate with people as soon as they get any letters or numbers mm. after their name right yeah, um, yeah. they're just as intelligent um, what I would probably say is that. I strongly believe that university education is really important Mm -hmm. because it just gives you, again, it's a journey. It's just you learn so much while you're at university or Mm -hmm. while you are having an education, not just about the subject that you're learning about, but actually about the people around you. You get exposed to Mm. different people. You have to deal with different people. You learn a lot about yourself. You learn a lot of the skills that you actually need Mm -hmm. in order to become an entrepreneur. And the other thing I never really understand is why can't it be both? Yeah, yeah. Why can't it be Mm -hmm. both? Like for us, I'm thinking years ago, you know, my age, yeah, I'm in my mid forties nearly. Yeah, there wasn't the technology there wasn't you know the technology to be able to go and set up a website in 20 minutes okay mm. there wasn't any of that there wasn't this connection of whatsapp okay so if you wanted to call someone you have to get on the phone and you have to physically call them mm. now you can message them now you can post so my predominantly my customers know about my products through whatsapp mm. right not even facebook or anything like that and that's because they built trust with me and i send out messages through whatsapp and i tell them and i inform them about what's going on but I didn't have any of that technology. Now, at university, you could be studying and you could set up your business alongside. Mm. There's no reason why they can't complement each other. No reason at all. And I think that having that education is just one of those things. I'm not saying that, you know, it's the be all and end all, mm-hmm. you know, but I definitely think if you if you feel that, you know, it's something that you would like to pursue, but you're struggling with it because you're thinking, actually, I also want to start my own business. Mm-hmm. Do both. I know people that have started their business in university and they've paid off their loan by mm. the time, or their student debt, by the time they finished university. From the business, right? Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. Wow. You know, because you're going to have a student loan and, or you're going to have a debt. You're going to, mm. you know, so why not just start your business and you've got all the time in the world. You haven't got the mortgage. You haven't got the kids. You haven't yeah, got the yeah. nine to five, right? <laughs> you've got flexibility. Yeah. Don't go home and watch Netflix. You mm. know, don't go home and watch Netflix. Once you finish your lectures, go and have something to eat and then do a bit of homework. And then your downtime should be sitting down, learning about what model is going to work, what business model is going to work for you best. Mm. Is it going to be drop shipping or is it going to be creating products you know, a lot of people have really creative flair mm. and they can create these products from scratch and they can go and sell them in markets and places like that. And a lot yeah. of people enjoy that experience. Yeah, no, I think it's, it's definitely something important. And it's a question that I've asked myself um, uh, just periodically as like, this is my first year in university. Um, and I've kind of been stuck in many ways, right? So obviously, as we can see that um, I think there's a statistic that I think 48% of graduates 
in the UK or in Europe are currently unemployed, mm-hmm. right? So it's not like the olden days where you can have a degree and someone is actively looking to hire you because you have a bachelor's, but it's now gotten to the point where you have a degree and there has to be something else, right? So obviously I haven't gone through uni and I haven't gone through the job application process, but I'm going to just go off what I've, what I've seen from the data that yeah. I've looked at is that if you, if, you, if you love what you do in university, right, like it doesn't really matter what degree you have. If you're into art, then go ahead and study that. Mm. But a lot of people underestimate the fact that you can actually monetize what you do, yeah. right? And no one's going to lie to you. Like everyone's like, oh yeah, but if you're an entrepreneur, you're going to be starving for the first five years. No, no. like it's totally not true. Mm. And um, a lot of people, I mean, Gary Vee always talks about this, right? And I, I apologize to keep mentioning him, but he's added so much value to entrepreneurship as we see it today. Yeah, that definitely. This is basically just fact. Someone could literally have a bakery depending on obviously like where you live, right? Um, and what you're doing. And over the course of three years, you could actually end up making the same salary as you would if you were a lawyer, yeah. right? And the question is, which one is making you more happier, yeah. right? And I've seen people who have killed their talents and killed their passions so that they can work a nine to five. And I don't necessarily agree to that because it, it results in two main things. It's, it results in people who aren't happy in society. And also there's a lack of diversity yeah. in the workplace. Like yeah. People are just gonna become lawyers or engineers or doctors. Right, but that trend is clearly coming to an end where businesses, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's still interesting, and then this goes back to one of the reasons why I'm such an advocate for entrepreneurship because I do believe it solves a lot of the problems that we've got in society. Mm. So, one of the things is, you know, the whole idea of getting up and going to work nine to five. And I was listening to a talk a couple of years ago, and there was statistics that in America. And I know this is a horrible statistic, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, they're more likely to drop dead <laughs> on a wow. Sunday night, okay, <laughs> than any other night of the week. And that's yeah. because they get so stressed and ang- anxious about the idea of going to work in the morning, especially mm. if you don't enjoy your job. Now, I love my job. I've always mm. done work that I've enjoyed. I could not do a job that I didn't enjoy. I mm. love being where I am. I work with a great team. But nine to five, the problem with that is that Traffic is getting more and more increasingly worse, Mm. okay? Mm. Getting to the office first thing in the morning is getting more and more difficult, you Mm. know, especially if you're in a really heavy populated area. Uh, I was on the tube a couple of weeks back and it was just just crazy. You know, you literally are face to face with someone. And that in itself, if you're working from home, if you can work from home and build your own, I don't know, business from home, then that takes away a lot of the, the, that issue there. The other thing you are right is that you do have to do something that you're, that you're mm. passionate about, do something that you enjoy. And yeah, it's great to, to work nine to five, but why mm. not work, I don't know. On your own not, Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> well, why not work nine till two, right? Or 10 yeah. till two, go mm. get some, a job, go and do 10 till two, and then spend the rest of the time building your own passion you know because we do have to pay our bills right everybody Mm -hmm. has to pay their bills they do you know maybe again when you're younger you have the advantage that you don't necessarily have that much Mm. of a responsibility i'm not saying you don't but you don't have such a such a high level of responsibility but if you do then go and do something part-time and Mm. build your passion on the side you know build your business on the side there's nothing to say you can't do that and i think that it does take hard work it does take effort 
and but it's one of the reasons why I do I do believe you know that entrepreneurship will solve a lot of things especially for mm. women you know a yeah. lot of women I know have got young children mm. and the thought of leaving their children is not an option yeah but then if they want to put them into childcare that's mm. really expensive it's probably not worth them going to work yeah and then some women are a little bit afraid to go out to work or they might not have that confidence mm. to go out to work because there may be language barriers mm. so for me entrepreneurship is like an answer to all of that mm. and i just feel that there's there's a lot that you can do with that it's just that i do believe there needs to be more training and support around it yeah definitely <clears throat> and uh, just a quick message to everyone that's tuned in thank you so much you guys don't know how much it means to both of us the fact that we're having this conversation and we hope that we're adding value, of course, to your lives. And uh, maybe you might end up starting your own business after listening to a few of these episodes. But if you guys want to ask a few questions, maybe it's to Rifat or me, uh, just make an account and you should be able to send comments through and I'll be able to view them. And uh, now actually going back to your comment over there, um, I find that very, very interesting. I never actually saw entrepreneurship from that lens, but um, as, as a woman in entrepreneurship, what has been your general experience? I know like a lot of people think it's probably, oh yeah, it's just the same thing, but there's mm. different you know viewpoints. Like some women go into entrepreneurship and they can't enter a certain field, like for example, engineering, because there's skepticism. It's like, oh, she's a woman. Yeah. Uh, you know, wh- where did she um, get these ideas from? Did she steal them from someone else? Like this, all of these different things. Yeah, yeah. of course. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, <coughs> it's difficult, you know, in the sense that I think Firstly, we don't, and I think there was, um, again, there was some research done around this and the Rose reports reports on this quite a lot about women and entrepreneurship and you can actually um, read through that. I went to a, a networking event called Back Your Business, uh, or Back Her Business, sorry, a couple of weeks ago, and it is about women getting entrepreneurship and really it's the, the confidence levels Mm. We have the ability, we have the skills, we just don't level, necessarily have the same level of confidence. Mm. And I can I can relate to that. But I think sometimes when you go into a room, say for example, I walk into a room and they're predominantly men, they're predominantly of a certain age group, they're predominantly of a certain ethnic group. Mm. All of a sudden I'm feeling like, what am I doing here, mm. right? Should I even be here? Mm. And the reality is, yeah, I should. Because in terms of skills and knowledge and maybe ability, <coughs> I'm exactly at the same level as them. But because I don't look the same as them, I don't feel like I should be calling myself an entrepreneur. Mm. Maybe I don't have the same level of success they've had, and so I don't feel like I should call myself an entrepreneur. So trying to find female role models was quite difficult. Mm. And then for me being muslim as well yeah. you know was even more challenging so where did i go well i went to the prophet's wife actually mm. uh, or and the first you know th- th- if we think about um the prophet's wife khadija you mm. know if you recall that she was the one that was actually the best businesswoman yeah right she was mm. the one who had the most wealth at that time mm-hmm. and she was the one who actually um you know she was the ultimate boss woman if i'm honest <laughs> yeah. with you right because yeah. she, she she was just the one who had the money she's the one who proposed to him she was the one mm-hmm. who was like really funding islam right from yes. the beginning yes. so 
this idea that we should be <coughs> afraid of becoming wealthy or that we shouldn't have wealth or that mm. we should, you know, there's this whole narrative that if you're chasing after uh, wealth, you are automatically a bad person. And if you're a female doing that, mm-hmm. then there's definitely something wrong with you, yeah. right? Yeah. In actual fact, my role model was Khadija Renan. Wow. Wow, that's a that's an amazing story. Yeah, and I think, yeah, I, I thought about that too. And especially in in a lot of Muslim countries, it's a bit ironic that you'll find that um, some some women are just quite frankly subordinated, and they're like, you mm-hmm. shouldn't really be in, let's say, the business of <coughs> car dealerships, right? Because yeah. women don't deal with cars, yeah. right? So, I mean, it's it's interesting to see it from that perspective, and. <laughs> I guess like a, a lot of people should look for role models like they don't always have to be models right like quite yeah. like literal models right yeah. that's where most women see entre- like women entrepreneurs but there's so many different types of entrepreneurship and if you guys like if there are some women listening like if you if you know Greta Thunberg who's yeah. the, the little girl who like literally just went to the UN and made a speech about climate change yeah she is a social entrepreneur yeah like cool. she saw a problem and she's actively trying to solve it through social media activism and yeah. all these different things so the role models are there but it's not that they're, they're just not getting the same coverage of course not yeah they yeah. don't they, they, they don't they don't get you know they, every time any anywhere i look okay on um documents or you know leaflets or whatever they show um entrepreneurs you don't necessarily see a Muslim woman with a hijab <laughs> yeah. okay that's not the on that's not the the view of an entrepreneur mm-hmm. And yet I know so many women who are operating their little businesses from their kitchens or from their mm. from their houses, right? Yeah. And, you know, they, they, there's a woman I know who um, makes curry and mm-hmm. she makes samosa and all these little snacks and she sells them. That's, that's entrepreneur, an entrepreneur, yeah, that's right? Entrepreneur, okay. Yeah. And she makes a profit from it. But mm. if you went to her and you said, okay, you're an entrepreneur and, you know, you're, you know <laughs> she wouldn't call, call herself. An, an entrepreneur. entrepreneur. The yeah. same way with somebody I spoke to, I was looking for a supplier for, um, you know, these costumes. Uh, they, mm-hmm. They're called shavakamis, where you've got the top and you've got the trousers. And um, somebody said, try this woman. And I, I messaged her and mm-hmm. I said, okay, so what's your MOQ? What's your lead time? What's this? And she just messaged me back and she said, I'm really, really sorry, sister, but I don't know what you're on about. I just buy and sell the clothes. <laughs> okay. Now it's the language that we use mm. that gets people thinking. Okay, maybe this isn't for me, or this. You know, mm. they're doing it right. They're just not calling themselves entrepreneurs, or they're, not, they're calling themselves business people. Um, mm. And I especially think that because of the way there is that stigma attached, that if you are trying to improve, you know, your wealth, mm. that it's a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think. It, it just comes down for me to the the topic of intention um uh, i think if you're gaining wealth in order to um let's say have a comfortable life or maybe it's just that you want to have that freedom of let's say god forbid if someone in your family gets sick yeah. and you know you have to cover the insurance or you have to go and get a surgery for someone that you're able to alleviate that from your yeah. life i think that's totally fine right but where it gets to the point where you're you want to have money because you want to show people that you have money. Yeah. Or you want to show someone I've made it and I'm rich now. And, yeah. And I think that's where entrepreneurship becomes more selfish than selfless. And that's actually a dangerous arena that I see a lot of youth potentially going down. So I just be I just say my message is um 
be conscious of your intentions when you're yeah. in this world. Yeah. yeah, I would I would agree with you in that sense that it's not about showing off. And I looked at the people around me and the again, some of the most successful entrepreneurs to see what they do mm. and how they operate with the money that they have. And if you look at Bill Gates, okay, mm-hmm. he, give, he, he he's a known philanthropist, right? He yes. gives away... Yes a majority of his wealth. If you look at any of the 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 big wealthy, you know, um, entrepreneurs, it's all about giving back. Mm. It is really mm-hmm. what they're doing. And even Gary Vee, right? He always, yeah. he's giving back. Maybe he doesn't give back in the form of cash or yeah. prizes or whatever, but he's giving back in terms of knowledge and experience. Mm. So all the entrepreneurs I know are the ones that tend to be at a point where they've done what they've needed to do mm-hmm. and they've just started to give back. They always want to give back, you know, mm. they're always there to help and support others. Mm. So I think that's that's quite key and important to remember. But the other thing you mentioned about, yeah, showing off, when you're in an office and you do well, mm-hmm. you'll get promotion. Right, so you'll start off at one level and then you'll go to the next level, you get promoted, then you get to the next level, you get promoted, okay, which is great. So, that is in a way showing uh, what we call the key performance indicators, okay. Mm. So, you're meeting the key performance indicators and you get into that point. When you're an entrepreneur, there is no one there to, to pat yeah. you on the back and say, Well yeah. done, you've made it to the next level, mm-hmm. and that's where the idea of buying sometimes these material goods come from is mm. just to maybe reward yourself mm. because I, I you know I know myself that when I first started you know <laughs> when I first started like you know on the journey of an entrepreneur I was just driving like any car like as long as it got from A to B Me, and, yeah. you know as long as I didn't have to keep yeah. pushing it it uh-huh. was great and you know now I've got one which you know it's got my private play and it's got it's a lovely mm. car and yeah great it's still a car and I yeah I'm yeah. not. I'm not. I'm not doing it to show off. I don't want it to be. Mm. It's like you said. But it is for me. Okay. Well, I've worked for it, mm. and I deserve it. Yeah. You know? I've got to yeah. this point. Yeah. yeah. So entrep- So it is really, really hard to know a person's intention, mm. and so it is got to be one of those things that we got to really evaluate ourselves. Like, mm. where is my intention? So we talk about value. The other thing I think that keeps us grounded or keeps me grounded especially mm-hmm. with being an entrepreneur is how much I can give to others mm-hmm. how much I can mm-hmm. give to others in terms of time but also I've supported a charity from mm-hmm. many many years and when I first started like I wasn't even not before even entrepreneurship but when my kids were very young I wasn't even working you know mm-hmm. a lot of hours I was working you know um, quite low income low hours mm. and they were tiny and i didn't you know want to take on like a big commitment of a yeah. big job and everything but i set up a small amount to pay into a charity mm-hmm. as my income has gone up i've contributed more mm. and more and more and that's really what makes me happy you know the fact that it's not just about how i can improve my life but how can I touch the lives of people that maybe I'll never see, I'll never meet? The money just gets sent to yeah. this this group of people, and you know they they're mentioned again the the orphans, and for me, mm. they're the ones which you know I feel my kids have everything. Like my kids want whatever yeah. they they mum we want to go Starbucks. Okay, let's go for Starbucks. And I easily spend you know 
five, ten pounds, whatever, just on mm-hmm. coffee and a croissant and a cake or whatever. That ten pounds to somebody else is just a huge thing. Yeah, and, it's a meal for someone. You know? Yeah. So for me, it's it, it's about making sure that when you are, when you make it, it, it again, you make it, but get someone else to make it as well. Mm. You know, pull pull someone out. Uh, good leaders, good entrepreneurs. They're not just about pushing people. They're about pulling people. Yeah, I think that's a powerful, powerful quote. And even just leading on from that, um, I feel like in the general in the general field of entrepreneurship where a lot of adults and quotes have have made it i feel like as the youth i can speak on behalf of all of us in some sense like we kind of feel locked out right mm. and maybe that's why you saw this whole social media revolution and we're seeing all of these new business models that we never thought possible yeah. are coming out and i'd say to the people who are making it up the entrepreneurial ladder and to the adults out there it's like um, I'd say if, if a young person is curious and they want to, to ask you a question or something is to be open-minded and to actually give them even if it's just literally one minute or something like yeah. take the time out of your day to share your experience because a lot of people out there with 20 years of experience running a medium to large-sized business and they end up passing away and you're not imparting this knowledge onto anyone else yeah so um, like I mean in Islam we talk a lot about sadaqa I mean like one yeah, of the best ways to give sadaqa is actually to to impart knowledge to someone else absolutely yeah and like that that knowledge like I know f- one thing is that um, just an example it's like you can tell me something here yeah. and we can tell the viewers of this podcast something absolutely. and they can resonate with that and they can share that with other people yeah and no matter how small that idea is you could help someone lay the first brick in their foundation of the empire that they are to build in the next decade or so yeah absolutely yeah and that definitely in my opinion counts for something yeah definitely and you know the other thing is is that it's also about reflection Mm. so i'm hoping that when your listeners go away from this today that they reflect on what we've said Mm. and again that is an important part uh, in life you know when anything happens whatever you know whether it's an experience or whether you listen to something or whether you meet someone it's a good idea to reflect on that think mm. about what it means think about where it fits in and again it's not about always sharing you know the wealth which is what people think oh well i haven't got i haven't got any money you know to give mm. this person i haven't got you know maybe they've come to you and they need some help but what can you do what knowledge or what advice can you give them to help them mm. yeah so and you know it, it's one of those things which you are right unfortunately i think a lot of people don't maybe they don't even realize the the value they could add by yeah. just sharing that information yeah right for me i just i've made it my personal mission to help people get to a point where they feel more confident and comfortable with themselves mm. and i'm a massive um advocate of entrepreneurship and growth mm. i think the two go hand in hand so i'll do whatever i can to help people get to their you know get to a level where it doesn't have to be that they want to make their um, their billion pound you know company or mm. industry or whatever but they've actually got the skills and knowledge that will help them to be more confident every day and be able to deal with life every day because mm. life is tough right mm. life is tough mm. you, know, you get up and it just hits you left mm. ways right ways you know it comes from all angles and you're just trying to get through every day, mm. trying to just do what you can to keep your head above water. And if somebody every time now and then just throws you 
a little lifeboat, right? Or throws you a little mm. lifeboat and says, here, let me help you in. Let me just give you a little bit of help and advice. That can go a long way. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think that that's underrated. Like even, I mean, we see it even on YouTube. I mean, I've heard crazy stories where um, music, like uh, someone will put out a song and uh, uh, someone else will comment, the song literally prevented me from committing suicide. Mm. And it seems like some people genuinely don't have that belief. It's like, oh no, you're just saying that to get likes and comments. But there's there's people that have actually helped transform someone else's life. And for those who also know Robin Sharma, an excellent, excellent role model who has really impacted the lives of so many different mm-hmm. people from so many different backgrounds, himself coming from a very humble background. And um, we're just underestimating um, you know, that giving of knowledge through even social media or just a tweet. So I guess my call to action for you guys today is to uh, help someone who doesn't have as much as you in any other way possible. I mean, we've talked a lot about giving. If you're good at math and that's something that you're generally good at, why not tutor someone that's in a younger grade to you? Yeah. Or like if you, if you like, I mean, I saw this other person, there was another story where um, there was an immigrant who really didn't know how to speak and they'd come into the UK and someone introduced them to the app Duolingo. Yeah. And, you know, that that app is probably going to change their life, right? Yeah. Like, that's the whole, that was one of the basis of the foundings of Duolingo itself. And they just said, why not? Let's stop this app and, like, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, even share this podcast, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you never know whose lives it could touch. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's why I do put myself out there mm-hmm. for a lot of different things. Because I didn't know, when I did my TEDx talk last year, and I didn't know what impact it was going to have. Mm. But since then, the amount of, you know, Muslims especially have come up to me and said, oh, my God, and women, you mm. know, for me, it's always about them coming up to me and saying, look, you know, I heard it and it was so inspiring. But then I heard, you know, I, I met somebody the other day and he was just like, I found it amazing. Mm. And, you know, it's really encouraged me. And and that was just so nice. That was just <laughs> so nice. That, that for me trumps everything. You know, when somebody comes back to you and says, look, you know, it made a difference and it really helped me, mm. then all the money in the world doesn't, you know, doesn't make up for that at the end of the day. Yeah, I think it, it definitely has a special effect. And um, I guess as we move into the closing um, 10 minutes of the podcast, um, we're just going to have a few more questions on uh, minorities. And we've talked a lot about helping. Mm. I guess it's important to also help minorities, people who haven't had that chance um, to actually make it or even the general chance to uh, get into the field of business. Um, yeah. I guess we're kind of going to cut down into the main issues for those people who are trying to shift into this business idea, like, you know, sort of uh, employee, not employee, what am I saying? Yeah, a self-employed yeah. field, you know. Um, so... Uh, I guess my question uh, before we wrap up is, as as an entrepreneur who is female and Muslim, uh, have you encountered any cases of being discriminated, whether it's by a supplier, or has anyone looked at you funny in like a business room, or like, <laughs> you know, has anything, what's been your funniest encounter so far? Ooh, I think, so, now there's a lot of negativity in this world. Mm. There is a lot of negativity. And I'd be naive to say it doesn't exist. Mm. It does exist. But you are like a camera, okay? Mm-hmm. And when you got a camera lens on you, you can focus that on whatever you like. Mm. 
So if you want to focus on the negativity, that's what you'll see. Mm. But for me, I always just focus on the positive. So whenever I go into a room and sometimes, yeah, I get that vibe. I get mm. that sort of like, okay, you, yeah, yeah. They, they might not get me 100%. That's fine. You know, I, I'll just take that. I haven't really, I think I've been blessed that I've never mm. had that really negative, horrible experience where, and this is an interesting thing, right? A lot of people don't start what they want to start because they fear rejection. Mm. They think, no, 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 mm. I can't do this because someone's going to tell me not to or someone's going to stop me. They aren't, okay? Yeah. You, you, you as a person who are stopping you, mm-hmm. okay? And they might not fully understand, especially, you know, when I tell people, okay, uh, I sell modest fashion. They're like, what? Like, <laughs> mod- what? I'm like, well, it's a buyers and scarves. And they're like, what? And I'm like, okay. So basically, and then I just explain what it is. And then there's yeah. other people that are like, oh my God, like that's amazing. Mm. So you get different responses. And mm. I, like I said, I know, I probably notice it, but I don't like pay much attention to it. Mm. They, I, I just think, well, you know, whatever. Mm. If I'm honest with you, I think, and I think this is going to sound probably not great, but sometimes it's my own people that have mm-hmm. given me the most negativity. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's really surprising. Yeah. yeah. So when I first started, because I started selling open coat of buyers mm-hmm. rather than the closed traditional ones, the mm-hmm. ones that completely... You know, they're just the, the, the black, loose-fitting ones that mm-hmm. don't have any embellishments on there. They don't have different colors. And when I first started that, um, and I put it out on Facebook, and, you know, I started doing I had messages back from a lot of Muslim women saying, how can you call this modest? This isn't modest. Mm. You, just, you know, you should be ashamed of yourself and wow. all these sort of things. And I wear, obviously, my scarf in different ways as well. So mm-hmm. a lot of people probably judge me in that, oh, well, she can't be a good Muslim if mm. that's how she's dressing she can't be really uh, you know a, a moral person if mm. she's putting if she's selling these goods but I don't I like I said I don't focus on that I just think to myself I mm. know that there's a lot of people that actually are happy with what I sell they like what mm. I sell they love the fact that they have the ability to have a choice mm. and I just go with that so focus mm. on the positive not the negative in any situation yeah I, f- I feel like that's that's a very interesting insight and i was i was not quite frankly not expecting, not expecting that, that no yeah as usual um i think i guess in every single industry you're going to find those people who simply just don't understand your product yeah of course and sometimes um a lot of us try to respond and uh you know, um, I guess we come from a place whereby we want to make them understand. But at the end of the day, I mean, everyone's going to have their own point of view. Yeah. And like course. for some people, it's not worth the effort. Yeah. But yeah. also just uh, accept it and respect that, you mm. know, at the end of the day, not everybody is going to go out and, you know, buy an iPhone. Right. They might go and buy a mm. Samsung. Okay. Yeah, true, <laughs> so true, at the end of the true. day, it's different choices. Uh, People different make different people. choices, for yeah. di- and different pe- people are different. And I like that. I like the mm. fact that the world is different. You know, why does everyone want to be the same? Mm. We are uh, like a, uh, an amazing 
we're in an amazing place, you know, like especially here, there's so much diversity mm. and I think that should be celebrated. I don't think it should Definitely. be something which is like, okay, I want you to think like me, be <laughs> like me, you yeah. know, what is that? The Jungle Book? Yeah, <laughs> Talk yeah. like me, walk like me, right? Yeah. yeah. So let's just uh, let's just accept it accept that there's going to be people that are different if somebody chooses to do nine to five they're happy with that mm-hmm. there's cool. low, that's fine yeah but there's a group of people that may not be happy with that so let's support them let's mm. help them let's get them you know let, let's train them let's do what we need to mm-hmm. to get them to where they need to be and where they want to go okay and um yeah thank you for that um as we move into the the last two questions i guess these are the two main questions that are going to wrap up the show um, you started your business when you were already a mom of two, right? Yeah, so, yes. yeah. So, I mean, um, my... Mom of three, actually. Mom of three, <laughs> wow, wow. <laughs> yeah, so, um, I guess, uh, what message do you have for all the moms out there that have always wanted to start businesses, but they've always been, maybe society tells them, oh, you're a mom, you know, your main yeah. job is to just take care of your children and nothing else, or perhaps they felt like they didn't have the time. What's been your experience as a mom? I mean, you've come this far. Yeah, definitely. That's one of the most interesting questions you, you <laughs> could have asked me. But yeah. yeah, I think, again, when it comes to entrepreneurship, I definitely think it works better for the lifestyle of being a mom, mm. you know, because you can be at home with your children. Now, that depends on the type you know, business that you go into. But for me, they're my why. Mm. you got to have a why in life, right? you got to have mm. a why as to w- where you're going, what you're doing, right? Mm. And my children are my why. They're the reason why I do everything. Mm. So starting a business, being an entrepreneur, is really to show them the look, whatever you're doing is great. I push them to study hard. I push them to study well. Mm-hmm. But I also want them to understand that if you don't, or if they if you don't if you choose to take a different path that's okay as well mm. and all i can ever do is just inspire them mm. to to be what they want to be do what they want to do mm. it is a challenge you do have challenges because it's really really difficult to sort of feel okay with not being with them all the time Mm. and that is a struggle but even if i'm in the office i'm not with them all the time if Mm. i go to any job then i wouldn't be with them and interestingly enough this is a conversation i had with my children and i said look you know maybe i should just stay home and you know forget all of this because you get these times right and they're like no we Mm. like the fact that you go we we you know we we like the fact that you go we like the fact that you you know, do all these things. Mm. We find it interesting. We find it exciting ourselves. So I would say to any mum that, you know, first find your, find your, thing that's going to work around your family and your mm-hmm. children. For everybody, it's going to be different, and then go out and just do it. You know. Yeah, yeah. I hope for the mums out there who are listening, um, we'd like to see more mums in entrepreneur. In, in entrepreneurship I think yeah, that definitely. A, lot, a lot of people nowadays are just like oh yeah it's just for young people and um, yeah. you know there's no place for all the people on entrepreneurship but I mean although this podcast does focus a lot on the youth I mean yeah. you're a living example of someone who was a bit older and you ventured into something mm-hmm. that you've wanted to do your whole life so I guess um, that's probably one of the best pieces of advice that I've heard so far on this <laughs> show um, and the last question I guess this um, goes the same question in terms of 
um, what special message do you have for anyone who's in a minority group, whether it's in their country or in their region, ethnically, whether it's by gender or anything? Yeah. What message do you have for them and um, in terms of entering entrepreneurship and perhaps why they should do it if they really want to? Okay, so that's a big question. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try and say one sentence. I would, I would say find your find your passion definitely mm. because you've got to you know, this is something that you're going to commit to and this is something mm. that you're going to <coughs> wake up every day to do pretty much and you need that passion to to carry you through carry you forward so once you find that then build your resilience mm. okay and resilience I always talk about because it is the grit and the resilience that will get you through that will will help you to mm -hmm. get to that point where you want to um, and understand that it's not going to happen overnight it is a challenge it is difficult but you're not on your own mm. there are thousands hundreds of other women who are in exactly the same position uh, or the, the people you know, the youth of today as well there, there's hundreds of them and mm. we're all in it together really and so I would probably say that find, find a niche build your resilience and there's different ways you can do that you know go out there and just yeah. test you know uh, again I don't know if we got time but one of the things I encourage people to do is just go out to a market store right and just try mm. and sell your items sell your product if it's not a physical product okay go and speak to people about it test the idea of what you've mm. got and people are like oh my god you're gonna steal my idea <laughs> and like I heard the statistic that like out of 10 people you tell about something only two of them ever take action anyway so it's hardly, hardly unlikely that anybody will take, do it and not just that have they got the passion and the drive and the mm. ambition and the resilience to do what you're going to do true true maybe not so definitely yeah I would say uh, all of those things to, to really get started okay uh, thank you so much again uh, we're going to close off our show for today and uh, just very briefly thank you everyone for tuning in um, much love to everyone who's uh, been able to come through to the other shows. If you guys missed any of the other shows, we're going to have a section of our show called The Show Reel, right? And it's literally on the bottom left of your screen. You can click that if you want to see any of the other shows that we've done. So thank you so much and have a wonderful evening slash morning, depending on where you guys are li listening from. And anything you want to say before we leave, Prabhat? No, just thank you for having me on, on the show. Thank it's you for uh, been great. All right, thank you guys. And that'll be all for today. <laughs>